Okay, hello, John. How are you doing today? Doing pretty well. How about you, Bart? I I have no response to that. <laughs> Where? <laughs> if you're gonna you say have my... done this to yourself. If you're gonna say my name, you have to say the whole name. <laughs> okay, but I'm not gonna give it your weird accent like you used, Bartolomeo. Bart—that's uh, how I said it. No, you didn't. How do you You're think like, I said? My it? name is Bartolomeo. <laughs> Bartolomeo. <laughs> anyway, this is a glowing weak point. Uh, we talk about video games and stuff. John, what's what's the glowing point of your week? Oh gosh, I should have thought at all. Right. Why are you, like why are you every, coming at me first? Every time this happens, this is your segment. Think it's, about uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> like we need to put it on the list. Put it on the list of segments we do, and <laughs> then I'll actually think about it at all. Um, My glowing weak point would be something that's going to come up later with the games that I've played. I so, see. Uh, if I have to pick something different, I guess I got some awesome free food last night. So that's nice. Well, what kind of food? Italian. Italian. Well, you know, Eating Italian. some pasta. Uh, yeah, I guess it, it technically comes with pasta. Um,. Uh, I, I get the, uh, sausage melazon, which is, it's a, it's basically sausage and eggplant parmigiana, except for obvious reasons. I don't have the parmigiana part of it. Mm, buongiorno. <laughs> but I, I love, I love me some eggplant. And of course, you know, I love sausage being put inside of me. Oh yeah. Um. You're a big fan of sausage in you. Uh-huh, I am. <laughs> To the point where I make my own sausage, so, yeah. Spicy Italian sausage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The best place, best part of this place is, like, you pay for the food, and the food's expensive, which is why, you know, when I can get it free, I do. Um, right. But the, uh, the, the best part is that it comes with free salad and rolls. And it's as much salad as you want. So I've gone before and I've just gotten a whole bunch of salad and a whole bunch of rolls and then taken my meal home. Wow. <laughs> just like, uh, yeah, can I get that in a doggy bag and I'll just, uh, um, um, but like the salad's genuinely good. Like it's, it's real good salad. Um, they've got a, uh, proprietary, uh, salad dressing that they use, which is just like, tip top and the rolls they're they're like little balls and they come in like it's basically just a garlic butter with just like a fuck ton of garlic on it and it's amazing it sounds like we 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 go through like four or five of those bowls of rolls (laughs) just bread Oh, dude, it's it's to die for. The, it's like, I 
I love garlic. I love garlic. This is how we know so you're not much. a vampire. This is yeah. <laughs> and after after one of these times I go here, I'm safe from vampires for for like a mile around me because like for days. I, <laughs> for days because I'm I am just dousing myself in garlic. You'll be sweating that garlic out for weeks. <laughs> you must yeah. smell delicious. <laughs> Thank you. You betcha. Um yeah, I know that I like there I don't go to the gym like the day after for uh, obvious reasons. Oh, right. You don't want to yeah. offend the people on the treadmill next to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't actually like treadmills. No? No. Oh, I bet you're an elliptical I, guy. If I have to do a stationary cardio, then yeah, I'll do elliptical. Um but yeah, no no in general like if I want to do cardio, I'll swim or I'll run. Oh, I see. I don't, I don't, I don't like the machines. I also don't like just being in one place, moving myself and sweating and just other people being near. uh, I know. It's, it's just weird. Like, I, I, I understand that like you sweat in other places too when you're working out, but like the one thing where it's just like, Hey, I'm here to sweat. And there's like 30 other people near me who are also just basically stationary sweating and there's like it's just weird i don't know what it is i'm a fan of the treadmill just because there's there's less stop and go than when you're like running around your neighborhood and the there's usually a like a display on it telling you how far you've run and stuff like and it's also just easier to keep like my my earbuds in when i'm doing that like they don't have as much risk of falling out. My neighborhood is basically a figure eight. It's where I guess it's not a figure eight. It's a um, uh, what are the the old do- uh, displays? I have uh, no idea what you're 11, talking about. Eleven segments displays or seven segment displays. I'm like a seven segment display eight. Uh, for my neighborhood, and I know that, like, hey, if I go this loop, then it's .3 miles, because I looked it up. And if I go this loop, it's .5. And if I go this loop, it's .7. I see. So, I can... And I'm, like, right on the corner. So, I I can pretty easily figure out how far I've gone. I see. No, my my neighborhood's blocky, and you can't really get around without crossing a bunch of streets. And it's annoying. Okay, and I'm in the middle of a street. I'm not on a corner or anything like that. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about you? What's your glowing weak point? Um. Uh, well, this is the second time it's actually going to be a book. Um. Oh. Yeah. I've I've started reading this book called The Invisible Library by Genevieve Cogman. And it's Genevieve. It is very British. And 
It is very Garth Nixian. Like okay, it reminds me a lot in particular of um, Keys of the Kingdom or whatever that was called by him. Like each of the hmm. books was named after a day of the week. Ah, yeah, um, because it's like it has like Earth elements to it, like like high fantasy kind of elements to it, while still being mm-hmm. very f- more in, in like a fantasy world. Okay. Yeah. Like, um, in Keys to the Kingdom, like, the main characters start out on our Earth and then go to, like, a different fantasy world in every, like, every day. They go back to this okay. world and do a whole thing. Um, in the, in the Invisible Library, uh, there is a library that connects to alternate Earths all across dimensions. And hmm. the 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 library that um, the main character works in is like a a resource of information from all of these dimensions, and they send people out into those dimensions to like gather books and stuff so that they can um, expand their knowledge of the world and also what they call the language with a capital L. Okay. And the la- the language is like it's how they do magic basically. If you speak in the language in a very specific way, then you command you can command things to do things for you. So a little bit like Wizard of Earthsea. A little bit. Um it's like if you have a locked door in front of you, you you can unlock it by speaking to the door, but you can't just say like door unlock yourself you have to say something like door to x person's bedroom um unseal Uh. your lock and open like you have to be very specific with your words okay yeah and it's a cool it's a cool concept i'm enjoying it a lot does does it just not work if you're not specific enough or is it like a monkey's paw where like you say just door unlock and you're flying zips i'm not all the way through the book i'm not even really halfway through the book but my understanding is that it does not work if you don't be specific okay now that might change in the future but that's that's how the book has explained it to me so far okay yeah It's, That's cool. I'm glad yeah. you're enjoying it. Yeah. The, right now they're in like an alternate earth where um, Lichtenstein has uh, they have uh, the fair folk which are basically like chaos beings. Like this world is being infested with chaos and the fair folk and vampires and werewolves are all like there in the world because it's infested with chaos. And it's also the kind of place that has an amount of magic, but also like steampunk mechanical centipedes and shit. Huh. And their main method of air travel is zeppelins, so that's cool. Okay. Yeah. So al- definitely alternate Earth. Yes. Like they're okay. in London and dealing with like fair folk Lichtensteinian dudes. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. 
So that was my, that's my glowing point for probably the next week or so. It's a good book. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I think I remember seeing you play some more Persona 5. Oh, when did you see that? Uh, I think you said something about it. Oh, well, uh, I mean, I was playing Persona 5 as you called me for this. <laughs> okay. I am I am so close to the end of the game, and I just want it to happen. I am so done. I am 126 hours in, and I'm like, I could have played two RPGs in the time it's taken to beat this one. Yeah. <laughs> How many hours did you say again? 126. Okay, because, like, I looked it up the other day. Uh-huh. Um, how long to beat, which is usually relatively accurate, I guess, says that uh, to, to beat the main story of Persona 5 Royale is uh, an average of 105 and a half hours. Hmm. Main plus extras is 126 hours on average. And completionists on average are 145 and a half hours. Oh, uh, well, I'll be somewhere in between there. Uh, I, I'm back in the final dungeon. I'm pretty sure for the last trip. I'm almost positive they will not kick me out of here again. Except to, mm -hmm. like like send the calling card so that I can fight the final boss. I'm relatively positive that this is my last trip into the final dungeon. Like really. Okay. I have all of the social links that I've started save one at max rank. And that one I never intended to do. Like I just opened it up for a side quest. Yeah. So, like, I've done all of the social links I intended to do. I have all of my social stats at max rank. I am... I am ready for the end of the game, and it will not give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, just to make you feel a little bit bad, the uh, speed run for hard true ending is 14 and a half hours, so... Well, I mean, if you put if you put fast forward on every cutscene, like that will that will help you carry through a lot. <laughs> yeah, because most most of the game is not the dungeons; it is dialogue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just reading shit. Yeah, it's a PlayStation game. Yeah, I mean, it's an Atlas game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I'm ready. I'm ready. I feel it. It's, it's coming. <laughs> um, I, I will say that what's making me most ready is the fact that this last segment of the game, that's, uh, it's the entirely new part for Royal. Um, it doesn't really fit super thematically with the rest of the game. And it's, it's kind of irritating. Like, most of the game is about, like, how society mistreats people, and that causes them to lash back at society and try to reform it. 
and like yeah. whether or not you're justified in doing so and questions like that whereas this one this segment is more about like can you accept reality for what it is or do you want if you had the opportunity would you alter reality so that like everybody would be happy yeah uh, it's a, it's not as interesting of a question to me. Okay. Because I, I, yeah. I feel like it has a pretty clear-cut answer. Like, humans <clears throat> humans aren't humans unless we suffer. Like, it sucks that people suffer. <laughs> uh, but it sucks that people suffer, but also, like, if we don't suffer, then the happiness means nothing. Yeah. Well, I, I think that you can have happiness without suffering but i i agree with the the standard trope of like half of the scientific or science fiction things that pop up are like hey you could do this but you'd have to forget all the problems that you've been through and you know the the human first thought is dope yeah sure (laughs) totes like i don't I don't want to remember all the horrible things that I've been through, but then you think about it a little bit further and you're like, yeah, but having lived through those things has made me who I am now. Um, so if I don't go through that, I would just be an entirely different person. I would be an entirely different person. And I, I think that like, yes, absolutely. What you have lived through in your life is worthwhile. Like, even if it's horrible, it, it has made you, you, and that's not a bad thing. Um, so you should still choose to be you. But, if you could make a place where we don't have to be ho- live horrible lives, sure, we won't be that person, but, you know, if it starts out that way, that's fine. <laughs> right. But the game also complicates it with the fact that one dude is changing the realities for all the people. So it's like, yeah. you're kind of also underneath the rule of this one dude. Who, yeah, yeah, wants everyone to be happy, but he's controlling your fucking existence. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it that in itself makes the question less interesting as well. Like. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just not super impressed by the very end of this game. Kind of wish it had just kept the original ending. (laughs) Uh, But the rest of the game uh, is great. Loved it. 10 out of 10. Okay. 10 out of 10. (laughs) Anyway. 10 times 10 hours. What have you played, John? I actually played a bunch of games this week, but I'm gonna... I I cut it down a good bit. I played, like, four games, four or five games. Um, But I played Guacamelee for the first time. uh, I've heard of Guacamelee. It looks like a luchadorian kind of thing, right? Yes, it's Metroid meets luchadors and Mexican culture, kind of. Okay. Tell me about yeah, it. Yeah, I won't. I won't necessarily say that it's the most um, uh, precise redo of Mexican culture, or that it's <laughs> you know authentic particularly. But it is fun. It has a lot of 
a lot of references to uh to of course metroid but also to uh there's tons of of mexican puns in there i mean guacamole itself is a pun uh but like you it's it's definitely metroid it's a metroidvania you're you're playing through and there's blocks that are blocking your path and you talk to you you break chuzo statues Chuzo. To Chuzo. Not Chozo. Chuzo. They look exactly like Chozo statues, which shocks me that they didn't get sued, because it's it's on the nose. Um But yeah, and and then a, a goat man pops out and uh teaches you a, a new skill to allow you to go other places and break specific blocks you couldn't before it's it's a fun little metroidvania and it's i'm a fan the, of Goatman. yeah me too um he's he's funny <laughs> um but like the the combat feels good and uh i've i've just i enjoyed all that i played of it and i probably won't play anymore for quite a long time <laughs> well then <laughs> but it was nice it has multiplayer. Oh. Like it it has it at least local multiplayer. Well, so that's, cool. uh, that's that's something that that's something that shocked me immediately cuz I was like, "All right, cool. This is Metroid. It's, it's fun. Move around here. Okay, I can have a second player." Metroid with Do you want to play? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's it's you're stuck to the same screen. Um but you know, it, it it was helpful during combat, because I don't think it spawned more enemies, or made them any harder. So is it, like, um, mixed with a beat-em-up game? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's how combat works. I mean, you obviously don't have a, a laser cannon. Right, um, like... I just heard, like, multiplayer, and I'm like, the only way this makes sense is if then the combat is kind of, like, beat-em-up-ish. It is, yeah. Okay. But, yeah, it was it was real fun. I'm a fan of the pun in the name, Guacamelee. Yeah. I actually, I, I haven't tried it again yet. I, I, I currently, to my knowledge, do not like guacamole. But... Well, that's I, just a I, wrong taste. <laughs> I I have a I have a policy where I don't give up on things. Like I I understand that uh, you know, I don't like something now, but I also understand that my taste can change. So, yeah, every 7 years one, your taste buds are replaced. Yeah, so 1 to 2 years or, or once or twice a year, sorry, don't know where that came from. Once or twice a year, <laughs> I go to a party. It's inevitable. Some either a family does a party, or uh, I go to somebody else's house and they've got a thing. And inevitably, they've got hummus or guacamole or avocado of some sort. And for the past, you know, fifteen years that I've done this, I'll go in and I hate hummus, but I'll still take a bite of hummus like once or twice a year. Man. You don't like hummus and, either? Nope. And I still don't like hummus. Damn. But I give it a chance. <laughs> it's the texture. It's the texture, and Fair I'm not enough. a big fan of tahini. 
I, I, I don't particularly like tahini. Uh, I have enough. a jar of it. I don't know what tahini is, but I guess it's a thing in hummus. I don't know. I just eat hummus, and I'm like, this is tasty. Sesame paste. It's it's a part of the seasoning, oh, standard once you, seasonings. Once you say sesame paste, now it sounds disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it looks disgusting. Um, but yeah, I I don't I don't like hummus, so I you know I avoid it. But once or twice a year. I'll take a, a bite of it and, you know, I'll give it a fair chance and then realize that I still don't like it and I won't eat it for another year. Um, that was true for guacamole, and I was pretty sure I hated just avocado in general because I had had avocado plain and didn't like it until about a year and a half to two years ago, I had some avocado and went, ooh, this is tasty. <laughs> and, and now I have avocado toast, like, two to three times a week. Because um, avocado is great. Avocado is great. I haven't had guacamole yet, because guacamole still, one, it's just not been an option. Uh, obviously, last year, I didn't make it myself, because uh, my wife doesn't like it either, and I didn't go to any parties, <laughs> because I'm non-suicidal. It, it, um, it's the end times. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I, I didn't give it a try last year. I haven't really had a chance to have it since I started liking avocado. I think I had a chance once or twice and I tried it one of the times and still didn't like it, which is entirely possible that I just don't like that type of guacamole or food that that family makes because I have encountered that before. I um, wish I could just make you some guacamole. Like, I make a good I mean, bowl I, of guacamole, so if you don't like gua- my guacamole, like, you just don't like guacamole. <laughs> Everyone has different tastes, so it's possible that I could still dislike yours and like guacamole in general. Well, I mean, um, I, I'll tell you I'll tell you the main benefit to my guacamole recipe is that it doesn't include cilantro. <laughs> oh, that's that's a shame. That's a shame. No, cilantro I love, tastes uh, cilantro. like soap. Oh, that's that's a shame that you're afflicted by the, <laughs> the illness that affects your mind into not enjoying something that's delicious. When when I make salsa, I take the bunch of of cilantro, I take the little twist tie no. off of it, and then I put I put the whole thing in. Fuck you. I don't I don't pick through it. Fuck I don't you, John. like decide. Hey, I'll put this much in. No, I just put the whole bunch in. John, that's every a, time. That's a war crime. You could be trying no. to Hague for that. No, it's it's delicious. Ugh. Um, even even my brother doesn't like it or does like it, and he has the same problem as you. But he still recognizes that when it comes to Mexican food, you need cilantro. It's uh, it's just I'll if you're gonna have like a street taco, you have to have cilantro on it. Fair it's enough. just not a street taco otherwise. I'll, I'll put cilantro in small amounts on other things, but in guacamole, I refuse. Because every <laughs> guacamole recipe is like a handful of cilantro, and it's like, that's too much. It's too much. If you want cilantro, mm. put it on your other food, not in the guacamole. No, it, it'll probably go in mine when I make a recipe. It's offensive um, to but me. Yeah. I, I haven't had guacamole again, and it's it, part of it, it's going to be a texture thing, because it's 
a similar texture to um, hummus. Hummus. It's pretty and slimy. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't like the the hummus texture. Um, and that's that's one thing about avocado is that like avocado isn't slimy. It's it's when you mash it up and stuff, as in making guacamole, that it would turn into that. You know, but when I you've got like the, uh, a slice of avocado, it's it's a pretty solid thing. John. So I think I think the most the most comparative question from cilantro or no cilantro is a uh, pineapple or no pineapple on pizza on pizza. Uh, I mean, it, it depends on the type of pizza. Like, if I'm going to have an Italian sausage and, and pepperoni and mushroom pizza... No, 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 this isn't the question. I'm probably not going to... I'm not going to put pineapple on it. But if it's a ham pizza, or if it's a pizza with barbecue sauce instead of, um, like, tomato sauce, I'll, I'll, I'll throw some pineapple on there. Okay. Yeah, I, I I just wanted to see if you were one of the wrong people who's like no pineapple on pizza ever. No, 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 no. I absolutely not. I okay. I think that both. See, my my ideas of pizza and tacos are very very liberal. In that, a taco is something. It is a meal that consists of something in a tortilla. Uh, yeah, I guess. That's that's what a taco is. Um, when it comes to pizza, it's a flatbread with sauce and whatever else you put on it. Well, and my, my and there, understanding... There's, there's of- no wrong or right answer. There might be things that I find disgusting, but it's still, you know, it's fine. You just, you know, I'm not going to eat any of it. Right, like, my my understanding of pizza is that it came about as, like, at the end of the week, we have all of these leftover grocery items or whatever that didn't make it into the meals we made the rest of the week. So yeah. we'll just throw them all on top of a piece of dough, and that'll be our, our meal. Yeah, and like that's exactly it. If that's what a pizza is, you can't say pineapple can't go on a fucking pizza. Because literally no. anything can go on a pizza. <laughs> yeah. I, I, people, people like to, to rules lawyer, like, whether or not something can be called something. Uh, people, it oh, is like the people traditional. who are like, is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes! It's a sub-sandwich. <laughs> it absolutely is. A, a sub-sandwich is a, a hoagie sliced mostly in half sometimes all the way but i don't like that because you know then it just slips out the other side yeah i try Sliced to... mostly in half with meat in it <laughs> and sauce some put mayonnaise on their hoagies some put ketchup on their hot dogs a sandwich it's doesn't sauce. need to have meat in it you can have a vegetarian no, it doesn't. sandwich that's right you can also have a vegetarian hot dog but I think that's just going a little bit far. Right, like, um, if you're eating a hot dog, just accept that you're eating meat. I don't know. <laughs> uh, my my point is, is, like, sure, that, but also, like, if you're eating a hot dog, you're already eating the dregs of food. Like, <laughs> 
Why why are you why are you trying to be all high and mighty with your vegan hot dog? No, you're eating a hot dog. Like of all the things to make, like steak, I get it. Steak is is high quality food. Hot dog? I I also I'm very picky about my hot dogs. I I do not like beef hot dogs. Um oh, which, well, that's wrong. Okay. I I don't I don't like all beef hot dogs. I just I don't like the texture of them and the taste is just kind of a little bit off for me. But that also precludes me from eating a a true Chicago dog, which is also delicious. So like occasionally I like it, but in general I like my hot dogs the way hot dogs should be, a mystery. I think <laughs> that it should just have all the meats in them. Just just put I meat refuse. in there. And- and I'll eat it. <laughs> I I I think that hot dogs should be as hot dogs are. A question mark. <laughs> no. I Anyways, can't. we've talked about this too long. Uh, Crosscode. Tell uh, me about Crosscode. You were uh, you were kind of sucking at it the other day. Fuck you. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I I finally got back into streaming um, on Thursday. Uh, and I mm-hmm. streamed CrossCode for an hour longer than I intended to, a full three hours. <laughs> um, because I was having fun. It's just fun. It's just fun to run around and punch things. And I went into that dungeon and I unlocked the ability to use fire. And that's cool. I can just equip fire on my weapons and shoot fireballs and melt ice pillars and shit and it's just fun yeah but uh the puzzles i'm very early in the game and i'm already like <laughs> struggling with puzzles i'm not a puzzle person and and as someone who's had a lifetime of playing legend of zelda games it's just the tiniest bit frustrating because you you walk into a room with like a block pushing puzzle and my mind is like solved it <laughs> and and then you spend the next five to ten minutes there and I'm like mm, uh, that was that's mm, not fair I'm gonna look I'm gonna look to the side now I f- I finished them in a reasonable amount of time yes pr- probably mm. I'll I'll give you that probably <laughs> but for someone who's played like I said a lifetime of Zelda games it's it's too slow for me. <laughs> See, for for me, I've played some Zelda. I've beaten maybe two Zelda games ever. Like, puzzle games are just not my thing. Uh, I don't know. I think know. there's only two Zelda games I haven't beaten, and it's Skyward Sword and Breath of the Wild. Because I haven't played them, and also Breath of the Wild isn't a Zelda game. Damn. Harsh words. <laughs> but true! I mean, I'm not going to argue with you. I, am, uh, I, I was playing Breath of the Wild uh, a few weeks ago, and then I just stopped. Like, once again, I got a little bit into the game, and then I was just like, I'd rather play something else. It, there's there's nothing bad about the game or wrong with the game. It's just not a Zelda game. It's a good game. It's just not a Zelda game. I I will caveat that there is one other game I haven't beaten, which is Four Swords Adventures, because I don't have friends. Um, 
So have you beaten the faces of Gamelon? I thought we were talking about Zelda games. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've not. I've not played the Wand of Gamelon. Oh, oh, what's the faces one? Uh, oh, is it just the faces of evil? I think so. That's a lame title. Yeah, the Link, the Faces of Evil, and Zelda, the Wand of Gamelon. Oh, so the Wand of Gamelon is the only Zelda game there. Correct. So, it's, uh, have you beaten the Wand of Gamelon? <laughs> no, and it's still not a Zelda game. <laughs> okay, John. Man, I've even beaten the uh, crossbow training. So, uh, tell me about Destiny 2. Uh, Before we get so, into crossbow fucking training. <laughs> As you know, I'm currently working towards getting my uh, Conqueror gilded, my Conqueror title. And this week has come with heartbreak and pride. Oh no. Now, I, spoilers, I still have not gilded it. But, we started out, we needed... Last time we I talked about this, we had one of the four done. To our knowledge, we had to do four Nightfalls, one with each of our subclasses. So I had to do it with Stasis, I had to do it with Void, I had to do it with Arc, and I had to do it with Solar. I had done one of them, so I just needed to do three more. And they opened up all of the Nightfalls so we could do any of them. We, we didn't have to pick, you know, the specific one opened that week. And one of them is just really easy. You can cheese it. You can cheese the heck out of it. Damn. Uh, it's 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 hard to get to the boss. Like, it's, it's struggle to get to the boss. But then once you get to the boss, uh, he jumps up on his pillar and he shields. And then he doesn't do anything and ads don't spawn. So once you've killed the ads, he's up there. And you're supposed to go pick up an orb and dunk it in a place and... Lots of mobs will spawn, and then the boss will come down and keep killing you and stuff. But until you do that, he just sits up there with a very thin floor underneath him. That about 20% of the grenades in the game will, the the longer lasting grenades that like have an AoE damage effect on them, will actually reach through the floor and hit his feet. His shield doesn't so, cover his feet? Correct. The, the shield is a dome <laughs> over the platform, but the platform itself doesn't have the shielded. shield. So, yeah, uh, you beat all the ads there, you wait till he gets up on his tower, and then you throw grenades at his feet for two minutes, and then he's dead. Wow. No worries. Yeah. That's yeah, it's, sad. it's super easy. It is. And, That's a real uh, oversight. So... We we beat it two more t uh, two times, and we needed to take a break. We came back. We beat it a third time. Uh, so we had finished all of our things, except. Oh no! Bungie lied. Oh no! Bungie, the lying liars, lied. Yes. So, what a surprise! In a previous statement, they had stated that like. To guild it, we're not going to make you have to do the title all over again. Because that's that's just ridiculous. Especially, like, 
you know, you get the title one year or one season, then the next season to have to do the same thing over again to guild it is just it's not fun that that's just it's it's bad. It's bad design. Uh-huh. So we earned Conqueror last year. This season, they made the Conqueror title that we had earned be one of the legacy titles. And we thought, that's weird, because, like, the other ones that are getting gilded aren't uh, legacy titles. Um, But, you know, maybe, you know, we're just misunderstanding something, or maybe they they did a a weird thing. So we, we finished these requirements for it, and we earned Conqueror. Okay. And now we can guild Conqueror. That's cool. No. But you no, already no, no. had See, Conqueror. We already had Conqueror. We, they, they decided that the Conqueror we had was not good enough. So that's put in the history book. And now we had to earn the new Conqueror so that we could guild it for the first time. And so we just had to earn it again. And so Bungie, the lying liars, lied to everyone lyingly. Yes, correct. <laughs> and it's it's very frustrating, but we'll live. Because we already did three more <laughs> Nightfalls for a total of six Grandmasters that we've achieved. Now, sure, four of them were the, the ridiculously easy ones. The cheesing but, one. <laughs> the, the cheesing one. But that is three unique Grandmasters that we've done that we did in one week. And that's that's big. That's And we also, like, aced them. Like, two of them, first try. Like, we took it took more tries for us to cheese the one to, like, get us good enough to cheese it than it was for us to beat the other two that we did after we had finished all of our cheesing. We just went in and we, we just wiped the floor. We're like, all right, cool, let's go to this. We'll see what we can do here, and, you know, if we fail, maybe we'll stop and, you know, think about what we're going to do differently. No, we just went in, we did it. And then we're like, well, we've got time. You want to go try another one? We went in, and we did it. <laughs> just knocking and, them out of the park. Just went yeah, we're the just, we're just cages, and you just <laughs> slamming home runs. Yeah. And it's and it's because we are in the batting cages for this. Like we're we're going in as a test run, and we're we're piling it straight through the net out into the uh, the stands. Like <laughs> there and, aren't even and stands that's why... in batting cages, and you're hitting the stands. <laughs> uh, we're going over the stands. We're hitting it to the nearest ballpark over those stands. Um. But yeah, the ball like, is saying, "Fly me to the moon," <laughs> <laughs> but not the boobly version. No, um, <laughs> of course not. But yeah, <laughs> that doesn't yeah, even we're, need to we're, be stated. <laughs> we're we're just we're just knocking them out, and that's that's why this is my real glowing weak point because like we are crushing it, and uh, I would be surprised if we don't have it by next week. Especially because I think this is the last week of the season, technically. So, uh, yeah. If I don't have it by next Saturday, I'll have, like, three days to complete it before the chance is gone. And that's not going to happen. Like, the chance isn't going to leave. 
Um, so yeah. Good job. Bit of a downer. Bit of a downer, but like, I did six Grandmasters this week, and it's fun. It's hard, but it's fun to be successful. Yeah. I'm proud of you for not being discouraged and being like, oh, <laughs> Bungie. Bungie fucked me over. What's the point anymore? Taking yep. a long drag off your cigarette. But not a menthol for long. Anyways. <laughs> no, no menthols. <laughs> Game facts, game, game facts, Tetris game facts, Tetris, Tetris. Yeah. Tetris is the top selling game of all time with over 495 million official sales and probably twice that in freeware, pirate, and custom editions. That's a lot of sales. It is. There's a lot of individual people picking up your game. Yeah. And... Gosh, it's uh, Tetris is fun, but yeah, there's it's all over the place. It's everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I mean you, you can, can play, play Tetris on in... your toaster. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they played Tetris. Uh, s- they they designed a Tetris so small that it has to be viewed through a um, electron microscope. Wow! <laughs> How it like <laughs> it like uses uses individual atoms to. Uh, be the Tetrominoes. What Move the on. fuck? Uh, Tetris's name comes from a portmanteau of Tetromino, the name for the pieces, which is just made up, right? No, actually, uh, polyominoes are a a known thing, and this actually, uh, the the developer of this used to play a game called um. What's the the word for five? Uh, Pentominoes. Pentominoes is a puzzle and board game that you can play. It and it's that was the name of it, uh, based off of like pentominoes are five square shapes, and it's like a little board with edges, and you try and fit all five of the piece or all. I don't remember how many pieces pentominoes can make. Um, all of the pieces into the board without overlapping and stuff. Um, and he used to play that as a kid and decided, you know, for his game, he'd do Tetrominoes, which is just four square pieces. I see. But yeah, they're, they're, they're a mathematical thing. Okay. But since, since before Tetris, <laughs> I <laughs> think right. he might've invented the name Tetromino, but like invent when it's just, it would have been the standard name. You're just changing the su- the <laughs> prefix at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I invented the kilogram because this we've had grams and I decided that I'd put kilo in front of it. <laughs> no, that's just the way that would have been. So, <laughs> I mean, people still get credit for coining a term, so we'll give, sure. him, we'll give him Tetromino. Okay. Anyway, it comes from a portmanteau of Tetromino and Tennis. The designer Alexei Pajitnov's favorite game. No, the game does not have any similarities with tennis. The game is not, in fact, Pong. No. 
The classic background music is an instrumental arrangement of the Russian folk song Karabaneke. 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 Sure. Which tells the story of a paddler and girl haggling over goods in a metaphor for courtship. Just like Tetris. Sure. That also, uh, without knowing the rest of the song, that seems like a strained metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, yeah. It yeah. is. <laughs> I mean, I listened to the song earlier today, and yeah. I mean, I don't speak Russian, but yeah. It, it's, it feels like they're reaching, maybe. A little bit. <laughs> when first developed, it spread through piracy because Pajitnov feared if he made money, the government would persecute him. Making money is very anti-Soviet. And he eventually ceded the rights to the Soviet government. Oh, poor Pajitnov. He did eventually get it back about a decade later. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah. Is he still around? I think so. Uh, let me... Like, was he involved in a Tetris 99 or whatever? Uh, probably not. Oh. Um, if he it... is alive. Okay. And I think... How yeah, old is he? he does... 66. Oh, that's pretty young, actually. I'm yeah. thinking he'd be older than that. Yeah, no, he's... And he 66. pretty much just licenses the game out at this point, then? Yeah, uh, he founded the Tetris Company with Hank Rogers, who's one of the... Um, he's the, the person who secured the original rights to distribute Tetris for Nintendo. I see. And... Yeah, that that's another story like nintendo didn't want to put tetris as the um inbox game for the game boy because they're like oh why would we do this kids won't like this kids what? would prefer things like mario and hank rogers was like okay okay you're you're right boys you know young boys will will, will like mario but literally everyone will like tetris so you if you're just going for console. boys, yeah, if, if you want just boys to like, you know, to buy your Game Boy, then sure, put Mario in. But if you want everyone to buy your Game Boy, put Tetris in. And they did, and people Everyone did, bought and, a Game Boy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Game Boy is one of the most successful mobile gaming lines of all time so and nintendo continues to be the best handheld manufacturer correct period. yeah and <laughs> hey, i had i had tetris for the game boy and i loved it and it was great fun so yeah it worked De definitely better than pac-man for the game boy fuck that game Ugh. Ugh. i mean also just fuck pac-man but <laughs> Continuing. Careful, I'll make it the game facts for next week. Sure, go for it. I don't care about talking it about it, I just hate playing it. Continuing our coverage of litigiousness, Tengen asked Pajitnov for the rights to develop a home console version, and he said sure. But he didn't actually own the rights, and when the Russian government gave those rights to Nintendo, Tengen sued Nintendo. And lost, of course. 
Which is kind of sad, yeah. since the Tengen version was better. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it had a um, competitive mode built into it, and it also had more difficulty modes. Oh. So, yeah, it was it was just a better game than the Nintendo one. For, this This was the NES version, I think. Um, and did it ever get yeah. released, or is it one of those things where it's like... Oh, the, like the Tengen version was... Re- around. The, the Tengen version was released, and about 100,000 of them were sold, but then they had to buy them back and reclaimed them all, because Damn. they didn't they didn't have the rights to sell that, so that was part of the the deal and w- so was there, there are no still one a, who was a like couple a... of them floating out there but yeah the vast majority of them were, were brought back and destroyed damn not even you can't even go to like a landfill like for et and unbury them nope shit man video game history just fucking lost to time <laughs> Because of the fucking yeah. Russians. <laughs> Actually, I think this is technically Nintendo's fault, because Nintendo was the one who won the lawsuit. I mean, fuck Nintendo, too. I don't have any fucking loyalty to them, either. <laughs> the game has a weird history of confirmed, or at least partially proven through scientific research, metal- medical effects including causing hallucinations, treating PTSD and insomnia, greater cognitive efficiency through thickening of the brain's cortex, and being an effective diet tool. I don't believe that last one, John. It, it actually, it's one of the, the most commonly reported things uh, because it, it tricks your brain into thinking about something else. Uh, you can concentrate on Tetris and it will reduce your your physical urges huh so that is one of the the more confirmed ones on there the hallucinations is also completely confirmed but that's more just to staring at a screen right and the ptsd insomnia and cognitive efficiency all have like one or two studies on them that show it which is enough to say hey this is has a chance of it being true but we don't know until like 13 other studies yeah (laughs) (laughs) let's let's maybe get some peer review in on this bitch yeah so like they they have been tested once or twice and shown for that but you know we like to to take things like that and just say hey yeah if you drink a cup of coffee every day you won't get cancer which like sure there's one study that says that there's maybe a two percent chance of that but uh (laughs) but generally it's better to uh not report on shit like that until there's more yeah instead of jumping the gun like a lot of newspapers and being like can your phone give you diabetes one study (laughs) suggests (laughs) yeah maybe <laughs> follow <laughs> followed followed next week as can your phone save you from diabetes <laughs> one study suggests maybe maybe <laughs> yeah jesus fucking i hate headlines <laughs> we should just get rid of headlines 
As a cultural phenomenon, Tetris has been featured in all manner of media, from being played on the sides of buildings, statues of tetrominoes, being on Jeopardy as an incorrect fact. I need to know this incorrect fact. And even on TV in shows such as Futurama, Muppet Babies, and best of all, Captain N, the Game Master, featuring Mayor Squaresley of Tetris himself. So what was this incorrect Jeopardy fact? So Jeopardy Jeopardy did a bad job confirming this because it's it's actually based off of somebody like made a joke post, um, and they took it for a fact, which is dumb. Wow. Uh the the fact was the seven rotatable blocks used in this video game have names like orange ricky hero and smash boy this is not true is is incorrect there was a someone posted a picture of the quote-unquote original instruction booklet for game boy tetris or no this is nes tetris and then like immediately someone posted another picture of like yeah no that's not true on on that page is a completely different thing right like so you're you're just you're, using you're the names of the ghosts in Pac-Man <laughs> so no the the L piece is orange ricky the J piece is blue ricky the uh Z is called Cleveland Z the S is called Rhode Island Z. I don't know why it's still Z, but <laughs> <laughs> the line piece, of course, is Hero. The uh, the T is Tiwi. These the are all the fake is... names. Yeah, correct. And the square is Smash Boy. In actuality, they're the L J S Z I T and Square. Right. I mean, um, obviously. Or O or yeah. Yeah. Normal, obvious names. <laughs> yeah. There's, and and when when Jeopardy posted that, uh, they they did it on, on their, the the game, and they also did it on Twitter at like the same time. No. And they got dragged. And, and the the Tetris company was one of the first to be like, um, no. <laughs> about that <laughs> Pajitnov himself got on Twitter and was like the fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry don't don't want to be a downer here but no uh uh-uh. uh uh-uh. uh yeah <sighs> that's embarrassing it is Alright, uh, now it's time to talk about our narrative trope or game mechanic, and oh, uh, yeah. I'm done with this for a bit, so this is all you. Um, so I, I, I also wanted to take this opportunity to explain a little bit more of this segment, because, uh... Oh! Yeah, um, this isn't intended to be, like, the end-all, be-all of a conversation. Like, just because we talk about something once doesn't mean it can't be talked about again in the future. 
because obviously like, things change. We have new things to talk about. Hopefully in the future, I'm able to spend more time actually like researching this kind of stuff instead of just <laughs> talking from experience. Um, like the, that's all I wanted to say is that, uh, like just because I talk about bad boss design today, doesn't mean I can't talk about bad boss design in the future. No, it, it does. No, it doesn't. The same the same way we could have we could have an art game April in the future. No, we're we're not going to have an art game April. We might talk about art games another day, but we're we're never doing art game April again. Oh, or no. art game August or art <laughs> It's not going to be a, a an annual thing. No. Damn. <laughs> But yeah, uh, that being said, today I wanted to complain about Atlas bosses a little bit. Really, that's that's what that's what this is about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now you you have here that it's this is specifically bosses that work in ways counterintuitive to the way you handle normal enemies. Right, and, and that's I a clunky to... sentence because I couldn't think of the right words. Yeah, I I wanted to just bounce some of the ones i thought of which are not bad boss design it's just bosses that work in ways that are i guess counterintuitive to the way you handle normal enemies which like that's true for for most games i feel like so in donkey kong 64 ugh shudder um you most enemies you kill by shooting them or by hitting them with your fists or right. feet or whatever but when it comes to bosses in general you throw a barrel at them that explodes right and it's like a completely different fight style but it's also the boss and like it's it's a whole different thing so so what i'm going to argue here is that um the difference between that kind of boss and the boss I'm talking about is that the boss room itself will lead you to that. Yeah. Like, there will be an obvious barrel in place that it's like, oh, I'm supposed to do something with this. Right? Yeah. Which, which is true for all of my other ones, like uh, pretty much all the Zelda games. Where, like, if you think of Twilight Princess, like, most of the game you're using your sword on things, and then you get to those bosses, and you're like, okay, so I have to, like, stand in this one place and use this uh, boomerang that'll do the thing so that I can then hit it a couple times. Right. Um, and, I mean, that's just puzzle boss mechanics. What yeah. I, What I'm talking about here is very specifically, like, a Shin Megami Tensei thing, though it does show up in other games as well it's a it's a big turn-based rpg thing where okay you go through the normal game fighting regular enemies and the way the game teaches you to fight is to like look for weaknesses and then target those weaknesses in order to weaken your enemy or um like lay down status ailments so that like they're they're debilitated throughout the fight and such right but then yeah. you re but then you reach an atlas boss and they're immune to all status effects and they're not weak to any elements and so oh, so it's just a matter of 
hitting them until they die. It's a matter of, like, changing up your entire strategy around, like, normally you're, like, inflicting status ailments to them and finding their weaknesses, whereas now you have to cover your own weaknesses and buff yourself until you figure out the best way to damage them. And I mean, I think I think the main problem with Shin Megami Tensei bosses is that one of them is a penis on a chariot. I mean, that's just funny. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're talking about Mara. I've been fighting a lot of Maras recently, actually. Ugh, it's so bad. I hate it. <laughs> I I I actually hate it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's great. It's real dumb. But no, like. It's just infuriating to go through a game, like, learning all of these, like, different tactics for dealing with enemies, and then you reach the boss, and it's just, like, waiting until you see your opportunity, basically. It's just guessing and, and hoping you don't die in the course of guessing until you win. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very disappointing boss design, I feel like. And it shows up in games like uh, Final Fantasy, too. Like, most Final Fantasy games, you you pretty much obliterate your, your random enemies in one shot. And so you don't get the opportunity to fiddle around with a bunch of, like, different mechanics in yeah. normal play until you get to a boss fight where you're suddenly supposed to like understand how different things interact with each other and it's like well you didn't give me the opportunity to do so mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah i mean do you, do you have any bosses like that I don't play a whole lot of JRPGs. I see. That's that's one of the reasons that this show works a little, is because you have experience with games that I don't play. We play different kinds I have, of games. I play games that actually don't just include reading. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> you <laughs> there's nothing wrong with those games like this i i've played jrpgs i i enjoy the odd really old jrpg but that's mostly what i play is if if i'm gonna play jrpg it'll probably be like final fantasy one through six or right um yeah, i mean games this stuff that, pops that are up based in there too yeah, but I never here's here's the thing. When I play Final Fantasy, uh-huh. I I get the damage spells and I get the healing spells. And then I I damage them and I heal myself <laughs> until the boss dies. I see. And that's the way it works. When I play Pokemon, I get the damage skills and You don't play Pokemon. I, I I I punch or or <clears throat> blaze attack or whatever the enemies until they pass out or I throw a pokeball at them. I mean actually that's a good that's a good um like contrast to what I'm talking about. A boss in a Pokemon game just uses other Pokemon. 
And if you know what those Pokemon are, which you probably do because you've been seeing them throughout all of your travels, then you know the best well, way to deal with them. Usually not because it's like the upgraded version of one. But you can still figure it out because you can be like, all right, well, I've fought Machamp or Machomp or whatever, but this is the upgraded version of it. I bet it has the same weaknesses. Right. And... And if I don't have that so, weakness on me, I can be like, well, I at least have a Pokemon that's going to be resistant to him. So I yeah. can just throw that guy out. Like, yeah, it, it, it's a game that like relies on you learning the game and then it doesn't change things up on you too often. Mm hmm. Like it doesn't it doesn't throw stuff at you that isn't encountered through normal gameplay with its bosses. Yeah. Except that they like he they get the opportunity to heal like two or three times in a fight. <laughs> yeah. I I mean I don't like Pokemon games, but they're there. Yeah, I mean <sighs> and they're consistent. They are. Yeah. Like, like, they, they have a pretty consistent level of quality, and when you play them, they have a consistent feel to them. Mm -hmm. you, you never hit a roadblock where you're like, I have no idea what I could do about this. Whereas, yeah. <laughs> Shin Megami Tensei 4 has the fucking Minotaur boss, which I've never been able to beat. <sighs> <laughs> I want to beat Min Shin Megami Tensei 4 so bad, and I can never get past the Minotaur. <laughs> I have I have the official guidebook, and I don't know how to get past the <laughs> Minotaur. <laughs> oh. I bought the special edition of the game with the guidebook and an art book and the soundtrack and everything. No idea how mm. to beat the Minotaur. <laughs> um and like you're right we play different we play different games yeah which and that's not so much an issue in in the games i play like i mentioned i play a lot of metroid games well metroid games do generally have like a weak spot but it's just a matter of using the right thing and and it's it's not like hey i'm just not going to be weak to anything yeah like you just switch um, to a different shot and you see what works yeah and it's a lot easier to <clears throat> switch and test things in those games than yeah. it is in like a turn i'm not game wasting an entire wasting... round yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh and uh the, actually another game that contrasts pretty well with what i'm talking about is actually the Bravely Default, which is, you know, in the vein of Final Fantasy, but yeah. the, the bosses are usually susceptible to a number of status ailments that you can inflict on them. Like, none of the ones that make it just impossible for them to act, usually. Yeah, you're not going to be able to make them stone or, you know, a frog. But, but you can put them to sleep, or you can paralyze them. Yeah. Like, and... Uh, and they're usually weak to a type of weapon, so it, like, the game doesn't change up that much from what you're playing still. Like, mm -hmm. there are ways for RPGs to do this correctly, and some just don't. 
is what I'm getting at, I guess. And it, it at, like you're saying, it is very much like a specifically a JRPG problem where this comes up. Yeah. Hmm. Although, yep. Mm, I don't know. There might be bosses in like Zelda games and stuff where they don't make it immediately obvious where the uh, thing is. I mean, there have there have definitely been bosses I've struggled with figuring out how to do it, but it's it's once you figure it out, it's usually really simple. <laughs> right. Uh. Yeah. So I mean. None of them have the the same issues that that it sounds like Atlas games have. So. Right. I mean, <laughs> that was ultimately the point of this segment. I'm sorry. I just yeah. wanted to complain about Atlas bosses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, hey, you're almost done with it. And I you am. don't have to play it again until you decide to. Until I decide to. Which, I mean, it will happen in the future, but I won't talk about it when it does. <laughs> uh, yeah. Alright, well, thanks everyone for watching. You know what, uh, this is listening, fine. Listening. We, can, <sighs> we can have a shorter I'm a episode. streamer. <laughs> I'm a streamer, that's what it is. Uh. Oh, you're actually plugging yourself. You know what, I'll shut up. Hey, I guess I guess I stream over at twitch.tv slash more, so you can find me there. And if you don't want to see my Twitch stuff, then you can go there anyways, and I have links to everywhere else that I am. Um, what about you? Um, I'm sorry for interrupting you so much. It's okay. <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> John, I love you. No, no, go on. Don't lie. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not lying. I love you, John. <sighs> anyway, I married. That's <laughs> no, not in that way. Come on. <laughs> Plug yourself. Okay, I have a website now. Um, VideoGameWombat.com. I have a website. Um, it links to all of our other stuff. I have a page that leads to the RSS feed for this podcast, Glowing Weak Point. I have a page that leads to our coffee, coffee.com slash glowing weak point. Uh, you can donate to us there if you feel like it. Um, you can email us at glowing weak point podcast at gmail.com. Um, and, you know, my website, it's pretty bare bones right now, but I plan on writing stuff there in the future going forward. So uh, maybe check that out. Once I beat Persona 5, I'm going to write a review of Persona 5. Okay. Share hey, um, this podcast with... Uh, oh, John. No, go ahead. You could do it this time. Go oh. ahead. <laughs> Share this podcast with someone you find counterintuitive. Okay. <laughs> Well, gosh, <laughs> gonna make them think. <laughs> oh. Okay, that's weird. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, don't forget to rate it. 
10 Review thumbs it. up. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see y'all next time. Like it. This was awkward. Follow us. This was. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. Hey, oh. if you're a big, big corporation and you want to give us money, then sure, we'll shill out to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Unless you're bad. Unless ex- you're bad. In, in which case, we're going to say no and then, like, immediately turn around and on the next um, episode, shit on you. Um, so, actually, big corporations don't contact us. <laughs> Small corporations do contact us. I got Ooh. my eyes... I got my eyes on this game company I buy I buy from a lot. They're called Limited Run Games. Give us money, Limited Run Games. <laughs> Give us games, Limited Run Games. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye, everyone. Have fun playing games. Bye. <laughs>